0: at all ages and stages of life stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort all right, here we go what you think about- Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I hope you enjoyed our opening music. It's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. It features Maya Dore, uh with her vocals, and you can download it on any of your favorite music platforms. I've had a lot of requests from people to do that, so feel free. Uh, to do that, it's a it's a fun, I think, uplifting song. For those of you that are new to our show, um, we are about sound information, not just sound bites, and our goal is really to raise all voices, big and small, those diagnosed, those that care and serve people uh, with dementia, advocates, researchers, and so much more. And today we're doing open mic, so you can join the conversation. All you have to do is call in to three two three. Eight seven zero four six zero two. That's 323-870-4602. And um, before we get into the thick of our conversation here today, I want to thank all of our listeners because you guys are so loyal. Your likes, your clicks, your share have really expanded our own brand footprint here at Alzheimer's Speaks. And I so appreciate you doing that. I think the information that that we share uh, with the people we talk to is really important. Um, As a daughter of a mom who had dementia for 30 years, that was one of my biggest frustrating factors was where do I find the information? So um, I hope you continue to be part of our community and build that sense of collaboration and comfort because I think that's the only way we're gonna win um, this this battle against dementia and, and caregiving. Uh, and we're all in such a pickle these days now with COVID. That's turned things upside down and, and all around. Now, we are, um, I'm going to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, one is, of course, to the Memory Cafe. I do that every time. I adore them. Uh, they are a, a support group, or what I would really like to call the gathering of people with dementia and their care partners, uh, where people just feel safe and comfortable and they're able, able to build a peer group. And you can find out if one is by you by going to MemoryCafeDirectory.com. That's MemoryCafeDirectory.com. Now, um, there, are, um, there are many of these. There's like 900 of them. Not all of them have become virtual, but many have. And there's a, a special place on the site you can find that. So the cafe doesn't have to be in your backyard anymore. Um, but you are welcome to go ahead and join that. I also want to give a shout-out to Coral Health because they have an amazing app. One is called um, Music First and the other is Coral Faith. And they are letting people download these for free uh, due to the, the challenges with COVID-19. And so uh, check out Coral Health, at C-O-R-O Health, and you can learn more about that. Um recently we also had the Gain Trial um, on, the Alzheimer's GAIN Trial. And that is a great uh a great trial for people like 50, I think it's to 85. Um, and um it's a, it's a simple simple process to go ahead and see if you qualify. And all they have to do is go to Gain Trial, G-A-I-N trial, T-R-I-A-L. Dot com forward slash e n and you will learn more about uh, about that particular trial last i just want to give a shout out to artist way um or artist i should say senior living i called it artist way because they're going to be creating a memory cafe called artist way here in um, Woodbury, Minnesota, and I'm going to help them facilitate and get that off the ground. Uh, those are going to be held the first Wednesday of each month from 1 to 2, and then will be virtual at this time. And you can register by calling 612 200-0506, and our first one is going to be July 15th. And then also on July 16th, I am going to be doing a virtual program uh, called understanding and evaluating the benefits of memory care for your family. And again, that's going to be through the Woodbury Minnesota location. Um, And again, same phone number to register uh, 612-200-0506 on that. Oh, I take that back. They are different. Oh, they are the same number. And then um, July 23rd, I'm going to be doing a program called the caregiver Survival Camp, and that is for Artist Way or um, Artist Senior Living um, of um, Yardley in Pennsylvania, and that program is going to be July 23rd from about 11 to 12 Eastern Time. So you can reach them at uh, 267-393-4454. That's 267-393-4454. 5-4 to get more information. So first, I want to introduce you to uh, Kathy Braxton uh, real quick. She's going to co-host with me today and be my sidekick. So how are you doing today, Kathy?
1: <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing our uh, conversation here from the, the comforts of my own backyard, because as we know, everything has changed and, and our workspaces have become pretty much anywhere we can find a quiet place in our house.
0: So that's where exactly. I'm at. Hopefully you won't hear anything other than birds. That's my hope. Well, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you never know. A lot more, more might start up or a weed whacker or <laughs> right. Uh, there's exactly. all, all kinds of fun little things. So Kathy, why don't you just tell people briefly, um, what you do and about your your company, and uh, and then we'll get into some callers and stuff and then further our conversation as we go. But not everybody may not be familiar with you, so why don't you give yourself a plug here?
1: So the business is called Silver Dawn, and um, what I do is I train caregivers, personal and professional, on the um, specialized techniques on communicating with a person with dementia, by fusing two different concepts, the concepts of improv and the concepts of empathy. And I do trainings virtually. I do trainings um, on site. I train facilities and hopefully everyone within the facility. I also work to train caregivers that are solo care partners working with just a parent or a loved one in the home. The other part of the business that I do is one-on-one family consultation, which has become A much bigger push recently, um, gotten a lot more feedback, and and I've noticed a bigger need for that, basically due to the fact that a lot of people are choosing to shelter in place with their loved ones, um, just because of so many different changes that are going on within the long-term care facilities, either it wasn't the right time to place them, they were too scared to place them, um, or they brought them home. Due to the fears of COVID-19, and now they're doing caregiving in the home, and so that's a two-pronged business approach that I have: is personal and professional training regarding communication, and then um, basically caregiving consultations, um, running the gamut from service coordination all the way to small problem solutions, and very much I do a lot of emphasis on communication, as I think that that is a huge part. If that's one of the biggest parts in where we falter as caregivers.
0: Yep. So, I, you know, and now with the the day programs being closed and stuff and many not reopening, I I think that need is just going to continue to continue to increase. Let me see if we've got a caller on the line here and um and then we'll have a little bit more of our conversation, but I want to be respectful of callers. Again, you can call in yourself If you have a personal story If you have a question or comment Regarding dementia and caregiving Anything's a go As long as it's a respectful conversation And the number is 323-870-4602 That is 323-870-4602 And we have a caller on From a 8381 number And who do I have on the line with us?
2: This is Joe Karachi.
0: Hi, Joe. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing, Lori?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Um, Joe, what's uh, what would you like to talk about today?
2: Well, I have the pleasure and honor of uh, working with Dr. Cameron Camp, who pioneered the use of Montessori principles to assist people living with dementia. And I'm excited to share with your, your listeners the free training opportunities we have uh, during this time of COVID and, and all the stuff that's going on. Um, we have two communities that Dr. Camp has worked with for four or five years that are credentialed with Montessori principles, And the training started out focused solely on their, their family members, uh, their residents, and their staff members, and they've graciously opened this up to the world. So if any of your listeners are interested, uh, we could provide them a link to uh, register for these Zoom trainings. They're going on every Tuesday um, for the month of July here, and we're probably going to continue into August if there's enough interest.
0: Okay, and
2: what, what time
0: on Tuesdays is that held?
2: Well, the one is sponsored by Sundance, which is based out of Texas. So it's 10 o'clock Central Time, every Tuesday, 11 Eastern. And then the one based out of Oregon, it's every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time which is 5 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Okay. Okay. If they, if, they,
2: if they go to the registration site and they link to the, uh, to the register for the Zoom, it will automatically add it to their calendar, whichever time zone they're in.
0: Okay. And where would they find that registration link?
2: We have a website. Uh, it's monarch, like the butterfly, M-O-N-A-R-C-H. And then hyphen pathways dot com.
0: Okay, monarch, and then uh, dash pathways. Uh, yes. Okay dot com. Okay, and then is
2: go it go to the events mm-hmm. page?
0: Okay, on the events page. Okay, great. And how long do these trainings last? Are they an hour or longer or shorter? Or?
2: Well, they're originally scheduled for like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, but the last several have gone a little bit long, like an hour and a half, just because there's been a lot of participation with uh, residents or residents' family members sharing stories, asking questions. Um, so it's partial uh, training and partial just, you know, answering any questions that come up on, on what situations families are dealing with or successes they want to share.
0: Okay. So now you had um said that, that Sundance was doing the the one at ten in the morning and are they performing are they like certified to perform the Montessori and do training or um who who actually is gonna be doing the training?
2: Oh Doctor Camp. Doctor Camp it, it is Doctor Camp. Will be the, be correct. Okay. And the folks at Sundance have been working with Dr. Camp for like five years. So they, they share their stories, their success stories, and things that they're, they're dealing with. Family members are participating in these calls. Uh, Dr. Camp is kind of leading the discussion and the, uh, the training.
0: Okay. And um, do people have to be from that area to go, or is this truly open virtually to, to anybody that wants to learn more about the methods?
2: It's open to anybody who, who has any interest. We've actually had uh, friends of Sundance and Dr. Camp joining every single week from France, from Italy, from, from New Zealand, from all around the world. So uh, it's open to anybody who, who wants to, to learn and participate.
0: Okay. Because I know a lot of times people are a little bit nervous when, when they're looking um, online and, you know, can I – can I participate if I'm not from the area? And and so I just wanted to be able to uh, to confirm that for people, that, that that is okay. And is there a closeout in terms of how far in advance they have to register?
2: I don't believe so. We've had people register the morning of uh, as far as I think, you know, it might have to be just enough so that the registration can actually go through and, and the email can send a link out so they they have the a live link to click on to join the Zoom call. But that should only take a few minutes. So Mhm.
0: Okay. Okay, wonderful. Kathy, do you have any questions at all for Joel regarding the program? Oh, you. I figured you <laughs> would. I figured you would.
1: So I feel like I'm a lifetime learner. I, I feel like I will go to school until I die. I love learning new new ideas and uh, just Montessori principles for dementia care. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? I know you don't want to probably give everything away because there would be no reason for anyone to sign up. And um, you've already, I've already filled half my page with all the information you've given. So I am definitely going to be looking at this um, in depth. But I'm just wondering if you can give me, like, like a little bit of a cliff note as to what does the Montessori approach do? Why is it different from what um, we've seen in the past in regards to dementia care and caregiving? Give me a little cliff note there.
2: That's a great question. And <laughs> I, um, I'll do my best. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. not a very linear, linear thinker, and so I have to really focus to try to, to keep this concise. But – dr. Maria Montessori was was famous on you know creating this, this this way to teach children that was not lecturing not controlling but it was really about treating every child like an adult with dignity equality respect going into the organism, you know their environment observing their behavior and engineering the, the environment so they were successful at teaching themselves and teaching each other so I, these principles can be applied to folks with, with dementia where rather than focusing on their limitations, you focus on their strengths. You observe what they can do. You engineer the environment for them to be successful. You find activities that they engage them. The more engaged somebody is, the more focused they'll be, the, the more active they'll be during the day, the, the more tired they'll be, and they'll be asleep. And there's a really huge um, reduction in the use of drugs that mm-hmm. might, you know, some people, they, they end up taking a lot of drugs or administering a lot of drugs to folks who have dementia because they have, they're anxious, they're, they're, they're restless, or they have responsive behaviors to, to the environment. And so this whole philosophy is about looking at the environment, looking at the person, engineering the environment to really tap into what makes them special and unique and, and get them engaged to, you know, with their, with their surroundings. And so you have, um, we have communities Dr. Camp's worked with for years where uh, residents had no interest in doing anything, you know, just sitting around all day. And these same residents, after Dr. Camp went in and, and started doing his trainings, they're, they're doing things like, you know, organizing their own groups that would, like, prepare meals, prepare soup mm. for the day, every day uh-huh. to make beer, make wine, and enter into competitions. Last month we had a community we just started working with in Florida, and they, they called Dr. Camp up excitedly and said, hey, remember that gentleman? We couldn't get interested in doing bingo or any activities well, we're thrilled he made his own bed, and, and, and we want to show it to you. You know, he's so proud of this. And Dr. Camp's first response was, what do you mean? He pulled up the covers and tucked in the pillow. They said, no, no, no. We found out that this guy used to, you know, be a carpenter, and we gave him access to our wood shop, and he made a four-poster bed for himself. <laughs> and and uh, so you have a gentleman that wasn't involved in anything, was, was very discontent. You know, discontent. Yes. and they they found something that his, he really had an interest and passion in doing, and it it made the world a difference for him. So that's you know a little bit about it. You know, I don't want to take up I too love much it. time, but
1: no, I I love the concept. I love the concept of obviously number one meeting somebody where they are, you know, um, right. wherever they might be, whether it is at this point not interested in any activities, meeting them there you know, and not forcing, well, you're going to come to bingo or you're going to come to this birthday party, but meeting them where they are and kind of understanding and learning more about that person as an individual. And then if I'm getting this right, it's kind of, in an essence, I see, I see a lot of similarities with my son has autism. And one of the mm-hmm. best ways he learns is by me following him from activity to activity. So for example, Last night, he started. we, we let him ha- start to have a bonfire, so he puts the wood together, and, and then it leads us to a conversation, which leads us to let's make s'mores, which then leads he and I into the kitchen, where I'm helping somebody who has a hard time getting all of the um, necessary ingredients together. Now, I'm in the kitchen with him, and we have a reason to come back outside with the stuff for the s'mores, and it's because he's... He's intrigued to come out here now and roast the marshmallows. So now I'm in the kitchen and I'm showing him here's where things are. And he's engaging in that. And then he leads us back to the bonfire. And we're at the bonfire. We're talking more. And now we're talking more about cooking, which then led him to be interested in helping me with breakfast this morning. So it's it's interesting. I kind of see it just letting the environment, letting the person explore the environment and not being in their face so much but backing off, really, and letting people see, letting yourself see where they're going to flourish, where they're going to blossom, and we follow them, not the other way around. Because I know in long-term care and my, my professional experience in facility has typically been by taking the resident by the hand and literally dragging them down the hall. And what I see as you're explaining this is, is we're really flipping the switch and we're saying, you lead me. You tell me where you want to go today. You tell me what you want to do, and it's you're just building on each thing that you're doing. You're building on an opportunity to connect. You're building on an opportunity to understand what they used to do, how you can bring that back into their lives, how we can turn what I used to term, and I hope this is okay, we turn pissed off into purpose. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a – I hope by summarizing what you just said in a some way that makes some sense, well, but, I mean, that's, that's what I got from you, and it sounds – I love it.
2: Well, this is fascinating, and I'm I'm really glad you shared, you know, with your son. Um, You may, I don't know if you know this already or not, but you might be interested to know that when Dr. Maria Montessori started teaching over 100 years ago in Italy, they they assigned her the the children that nobody else knew how to teach, and Mm -hmm. everybody had given up on. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, and she was the first female doctor in Italy, and... They didn't know what to do with her, and they said, okay, we're going to give you this group of kids that nobody knows what to do with. Kids who to today would, would you know, have all kinds of special programs for them, but back then they didn't have anything. So they just gave them to Dr. Maria Montessori. And rather than going in and trying to control and dragging them down the hallway and forcing them to do things, she just took the time to observe them and figure out, right. you know, what their strengths are in an engineering, engineering environment so they could be successful. And he talk about dragging mm-hmm. people down the hallway. There's one word that Dr. Camp, you know, he includes in his training, oftentimes to, for activity professionals to change. One word in the vocabulary that makes a big difference. Oftentimes, an activity director or the staff will go to folks who are living with dementia and say, Hey, I would like you to come join us, or Can you come join us for this activity? But they don't realize if somebody, if they're asking somebody, Can you come to this activity? That person in their mind, they might be thinking, I don't know. Can I? How much does it cost? Right. You know, how do I put in there? It, 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 it throws them, you know, a, a, it makes them doubt themselves or put these questions in their mind. And when you teach them, you just change that one word and say, would you? Or would you yeah. like to come? And one of these communities, you know, who started working with just about a year ago, they had the hardest time getting people to come to activities. They would have to drag them down the hallway to go back and remind them, And they taught the staff just to change that word. And the staff were getting ready to go remind everybody. And they saw all these residents walking down the hallway to come to the activity. That had never happened before where the residents themselves just initiated and started coming down the activity. But it was a yeah. change in how they invited them. a yeah. little thing.
1: I love that. I love that story. And, you know, I'm actually going to be doing a webinar for uh, the National Activity Professional Organization next week. And I'm wondering if I can cite you or, or, or mention that we spoke this week and that I actually mentioned this, because one of the things I'm going to be talking about at length with activity professionals specifically is how our language can completely transform what we can accomplish, but more so what we can help the residents accomplish. And, and how much of that is rooted, really like what you're saying, in communication techniques, specifically even one specific word, how you can change that and it changes the entire dynamic. I think that's fantastic.
2: Well, I'd encourage you to you know, follow that link and register for one of these Zoom um, webinars, and you can mm-hmm. um, download uh, the, the 12 key principles uh, for Montessori-inspired lifestyle and these are little tips that uh, you can pass on to whoever you want.
1: Perfect. Perfect. I love it. I'll be there. You know I will be there.
0: <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's, that's wonderful. And, again, people can go to um, monarch-pathways, um, plural, dot com, and uh, then go to the events page, and they'll be able to register uh, for uh, those trainings that are either Tuesday morning, at it be 11 a.m. Eastern, um, or um, Tuesday afternoon, which would be 5 p.m. Eastern time there. And, uh, again, Dr. Camp is uh, very, very well-known and respected, and it would be a great way to learn more about the more, more um, Montessori principles. So thank you so much for, for calling in today, Joe, and sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Thank you Lori Thank you Kathy any last questions for Joe Before we let him go uh, Joe how can we contact you
2: Oh that Monarch Pathways website Okay perfect You'll find the me on, on that itself. Monarch Pathways right. website Okay I'm sorry I missed that
1: Is there a direct contact For you on there
2: Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Awesome. And, um, and the reason we're directing you to the Monarch Pathways website is we've been so busy and having so much fun doing these webinars that it never even crossed our minds to, to put a link on the Center for Applied Research and Dementia website. And when I found about this opportunity this morning to call in, I, we, we couldn't quickly enough get the link on the, the Center for Applied Research and Dementia website. So we put it on our, our, our strategic partner. Um, with Monarch Pathways here. So Perfect. you can find me on the Monarch Pathways website.
0: Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Great. It all works. So well, thanks again for calling okay. Angel. Really appreciate your time. No, and me. best of luck with the webinars. And, again, people can go to monarch-pathways.com and go to the events page to learn more about that. So, again, if you're listening and if you have something to share, You don't have to be a business professional. Maybe you are a person diagnosed or wondering if you should go in and see a doctor. Maybe you're a family member or an advocate, um, a musician or a singer-songwriter that has uh, pulled something, you know, at the heartstrings uh, regarding the dementia journey. Um, Maybe you've made some videos or a movie, um, have a different type of advocacy project. Uh, maybe you, you think there's some some gaps that need to be filled, and you'd like to talk about those and raise awareness of those gaps. Um, we'd like to hear it all. So, again, you can call in at 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. So, um, Kathy, I want to get back to uh, what you are doing. And in, mm-hmm. in terms of, of Silver Dawn and uh, Dementia Ross, some people might know you through, through those areas. Right. Um, now, last time we talked, I, I thought you said you were do, doing some support groups, but you were kind of struggling and trying to connect with people. Um, have you been able to, um, to reach out anymore? I, there's so much stuff going on on the Internet. It's hard for people to process everything that's available.
1: I think that's true, and actually that's what I'm seeing. Um, I'm still struggling with the virtual support group um, getting some good attendance, and what I keep finding week after week is that people want to talk about and vent about what's going on with them at home as caregivers, um, and they want to do it one-on-one. They want the the solo in- interaction. They want that solo attention, which I completely understand that sometimes support groups just can't provide. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I myself have even signed up and written down on my calendar to attend a virtual support group for some other mental health issues. Um, you know, like I mentioned, my son has autism, and that's something I need. I need to continually keep support, finding support out in the community for that. I'll write it down, I put it in my calendar, and then I forget. So, I know even myself as I'm trying to push this out as a layperson in regards to just caregiving for somebody with autism. You know, the support group thing kind of just slips my mind. Um, so what I'm finding is, you know, people are calling and just wanting consultation one-on-one. They, they just, they want to talk about what's going on. And, and I, there were, there's two issues when you and I spoke earlier about, you know, open mic coming up, mm-hmm. the two things that kept popping into my mind. One of them that I keep consistently hearing over and over again is like you said, there's a hole, a gap that needs to be filled. And, access, not, not so much access, knowing where to go to, for the next step. I mm-hmm. am hearing this over and over again from caregivers who are at home with a loved one. They don't know what to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because hospitals are overwhelmed. The nursing home systems right now are overwhelmed with caring for the patients and really focusing on keeping everybody safe and healthy, that there's a, a, a gap in really service coordination for the the layperson who needs to know how to get the next service put in place. So I've talked to countless caregivers who have no idea how to get physical therapy started for their loved one or have questions about hospice but don't know where to call and get that information. It's, yeah. it's unfortunate. I feel like because we're stuck at home, and like you said, there's so much information online. It's so much hard. To, it's so difficult to filter through it all. And if you're caring for somebody at home, how much time do you have to dedicate being online, where you're just jumping from link to link to link? Um, so for me, you know, I'm just. I just. To me, I feel like I'm always very appreciative when I call for help for anything, when I actually speak to a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and not get pushed around from press one, press two, press three, and then leave a message. And, and I feel like a lot of caregivers right now are kind of feeling like they're getting the runaround and they don't know what to do and they're at their wit's
0: end. Well, and I, I think, you know, part of that being at the wit's end is like, can I just talk to a live person? I mean, the, you know, that social yeah. contact is so missed on so many levels. And mm-hmm. and yet you have people too that say oh, I can't wait to hang up for my Zoom meeting either <laughs> because there's they're like zoomed out because we don't have enough variety in terms of how right. we how we in, uh, integrate with people and um, and so that's that's a difficult it's a it's a difficult thing I find myself wearing out sometimes from it too and and yet I'm so grateful that it's there because without it it would just you'd really stall out with oh, things yeah. but. Oh, yeah um but yeah or the people that say you know i just i just want i just really needed a hug that's what i needed was a hug yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that physical it, touch you're right yeah. you're just talking to somebody on the phone and it's regarding someone else to hear someone's voice and have it's a different person than what you're used to for the last 4 months <laughs> you know yeah. that's if yeah. someone's if you if someone's willing to listen and you're going to bend their ear i think people really want to take advantage of that they need that now a lot.
0: Yeah,
1: They really yeah.
0: do. Yeah. And the other and I, thing that... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say the other thing that keeps coming up that caregivers are talking about a lot is sleep. Sleep has become a really big issue I've been talking to a lot
0: of people about. Sleep as in um, a lack of?
1: Well, interestingly enough, I've kind of helped dive, help people dive into not only the health of their sleep as a caregiver, but then looking at the sleep of the person they're caring for. And Mm -hmm. the uh, clients that I've been working with, a lot of them have had some really good success with altering some things that were frustrating them
0: Mm -hmm. by
1: helping their loved one actually get better sleep, that some of the issues they were dealing with, A month ago, two months ago, things that were just that drew them to "I need help" were actually solved or resolved or at least lessened when we talked about and I helped them implement a better sleep schedule for their loved ones. So I'm noticing, yeah, I'm noticing a lot of caregivers talking about their lack of sleep, and I'm trying to counsel them into, you know, what they can look into, what they can talk. I mean, I have tons of stuff I can talk about regarding sleep. But I help them focus not only on their sleep, but then we need to look at your loved one. What's happening with their sleep? How is that disrupting your sleep? And how is yep. that setting them up for the next day?
0: Oh, yeah. That has a huge impact. I use um, an app called, uh, and I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, Sanvello, S A N D E L L O, And they have, you know, meditations and all kinds of stuff on there and, you know, motivation stuff. But um, I love the the music to sleep by, and I have like I love the sound of the ocean, and so mm-hmm. I just let that play all night long, and I sleep nice. really sound with that. Right. And, and right. it's just amazing, and it's a and there's all kinds of apps or CDs and things like that that you can have that just distract your mind, you know, Absolutely. and um, stop that that kind of. Chasing the tail of the dog in your mind, you know, running round and round, going over the same problem or the same issue, and just Absolutely. you know, just breathing in those waves and and yeah. Uh, one of the yeah. things I've
1: been talking to to caregivers about specifically is having them look into their own personal chronotype and then mm-hmm. figuring out the chronotype of the person they're caring for. And chronotype, I'm going to look up the the gentleman that um, actually basically invented this concept. I I don't want to take credit for it. It's an amazing concept, but um, he breaks uh, people down into four different groups, essentially, based on how their personal circadian rhythm is set up and how each person was really born with a personalized circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And if you know yours, chronotype, there we go. If you know yours, you can schedule your day better. So um, this doctor, let's see here, because I want to give you the right information here. It's a really interesting site you can go on called uh, The Power of When, I believe. Thepowerofwhenquiz.com. And what you do is you take this short quiz, and it it kind of helps you discover what your chronotype is. Um, and, and a lot of people kind of know this from the concept of I'm a morning person versus I'm an evening person or I'm a lark mm-hmm. versus an owl. Prototypes are actually broken into four. There's the dolphin, which is a very light sleeper, someone who's typically prone to insomnia. And then there's the lion, which is someone who wakes up sometimes even before the sun is up and they have the majority of their energy before, you know, from like 6 a.m. to noon. But they're ready for bed by like 6 o'clock at night. Then you've got the bear who basically has a schedule based on the sun. They wake up when the sun is up and they're ready to get, t- they get tired. Their melatonin starts to kick in when the sun goes down. And that's about 50 to 60% of people are bears. And then the fourth okay. kind of type is something called a wolf. And a wolf would be what we know as the night owl. This is the person that has a really hard time uh, waking up in the morning. There's someone who needs sometimes two alarms one that actually wakes them up and the second alarm that's almost across the bedroom that makes them get out of bed and this is the Mm -hmm. person where they're not even at their full functioning potential till about two o'clock in the afternoon so when you know your own personal chronotype you can start to schedule your day because each chronotype gives you the the idea of not only when your melatonin starts to kick in for you to go to sleep specifically but it also kind of gives you an idea of when your highest productivity is during the day when is the best time for you to collaborate with other people when is your most creative time and so as as i've been discussing this with clients we're starting to learn does your chronotype match up with the person you're taking care of You know, are they Uh really, really late into the night because they always have been and that's disrupting your sleep, but you're disrupting their sleep because you're up at six o'clock in the morning. And then are we picking good times of the day to sit and collaborate and be creative together and play games and and reminisce and share stories, or are we just totally missing the mark? You know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's just another really good piece of information that people can have in their back pocket and go, okay. This doesn't make you lazy, and this doesn't make me overly productive. It just means we're different,
0: and we need to find a way to make that work. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So I, Maybe it might be something people want to evaluate before they get married or take on a partner. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, and is funny. I was talking to my – yes, I was talking to my daughter about this this morning and her partner – And I said, you know, it's okay that you two, because I made them do the chronotype quiz today, of course. And I I said, it's okay that the two of you have different chronotypes because as partners, as spouses, it's okay to to know you're going to go to bed early and that's my time. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to wake up early and you're going to still be in bed. That's my time. And that's when you can work into the, work into your schedule the solo activity that brings you joy and happiness that you don't necessarily want to involve anybody else in or need mm-hmm. to involve anybody else in so it, it's not yeah I mean I, I definitely am a bear I've done the test a couple times um, my husband's a wolf he was born a wolf and I used to get really frustrated because he would come to bed late it would wake me up and I find now that I really cherish my morning time when he's still in bed. And mm-hmm. if he happens to get up, I, like, freeze. I want everything to be quiet. <laughs> I want him to go back to bed. Because I do, I've learned to cherish that quiet alone time that I have where I'm at my peak. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so we've discussed that a lot. We've been working a lot on that with
0: some different clients. That makes a lot of sense. Can you give us that website again? Was it The Power of sure. One?
1: the power of com, oh, and there's a, okay. a couple different ones yeah this is by and this concept was created by Dr. Michael Brewis, B R E U um, S and oh. it he, it gives you information about when your melatonin is going to kick in um, because everybody has a different time in which the melatonin starts to produce in your system and let you know it's time for bed And so now that you've become more aware of this, you're like, that's why I'm always ready for sleep or that's why I start to fall asleep at dinner. You know, are you eating Mm -hmm. too late because you're adjusting your schedule for everybody else? So um, it's it's the best time to go have exercise. It tells you the best time to do your creative work when your brain powers at 100%. So um, I think this gives us a lot of good information because I think, Most of us have been socialized to have to wake up and go to work and work an eight-hour, nine-hour day during the day when it's the sun and we're expected to be at our most productive between, you know, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And that's not necessarily the case
0: for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to have to take that quiz because, man, I'm all over the place. I mean, sometimes (laughs) I can can work and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's 3.30 or 4.30, you know, because I just got on a roll in the middle of the night, you know. And because everything was quiet and I just kind of get in the zone and when you're self-employed and I don't have to, you know, clock in, I can work when, when my body wants to, and <laughs> not right. when, it's, right. when it's, you know, when it just needs rest. And i that's something, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm 61 now, I've learned to listen to my body and it's like, okay, you're just tired today. It's not clicking. Just if, you know, if I don't have to get it done, it's fine. I can walk away right, from right. it. When when I was younger, right. I would try to force it, and mm-hmm. you know I would I still wouldn't get much accomplished or not as much as I mm-hmm. could when I'm than when you're in the zone type thing. But right. you know other times I can be a morning person too, and and so I kind of flip and flop on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's hard on my my body pattern too, you know right. switching switching it up. Yeah. So I don't think it's as healthy, yeah. um, and I haven't. Uh, I haven't forced it into a slot, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I think now that with, I don't know how many months has it been, that we've been dealing with COVID now five months. I mean, this has I think changed a lot of people in their sleeping patterns too. And one of the things I've talked to clients about is that they've noticed their parents sleeping more in larger chunks throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And that's, as I explained to them, from what I understand that's called a biphasic sleep schedule and that's how we're actually as humans wired to sleep. We are we are wired to sleep about four hours, wake up for a couple hours and then go back to sleep for another four hours. But since the Industrial Revolution, um, that became a very socially inconvenient way to live a life and have people Mm -hmm. work and earn money and do jobs that needed to be done. So we socially converted people to have to stay awake throughout the entire day and try to get them to sleep through the entire night so unfortunately our our social our society has tried to train that out of us but a lot of the older adults that i'm hearing about that i'm counseling with are, are falling back into that pattern because it is a very natural pattern for us to do. And if we're not, like you said, if I'm not forced to do anything the next day, if I don't have mm-hmm. anything on the agenda, this is where my body is going to go. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: and
1: and caregivers, I think that's, that's a huge thing too, is, is the lack of sleep that they are, they're getting. And so a lot of, I'm hearing a lot of caregivers talk about just the anxiety of the evening, the night, and how mm-hmm. they cannot sleep because they're laying there, they may be in a light stage of sleep, but really they've always got kind of one ear open to hear, is mom going to get out of bed? Is mom going mm-hmm. to the bathroom? Is mom going to fall? And so yep. that constant anxiety is never allowing for a caregiver to get into some really good deep sleep to mm-hmm. clean out that junk. And so then yep. they're groggy and you know, cranky and irritable and trying to be a positive caregiver the next day not realizing Mm -hmm. that it was the night of anxiety from before that's really creating a lot of that
0: yep oh interesting that's really interesting um yeah it it makes a it it just does make a ton of ton of sense uh, for that and Mm -hmm. I've heard so many people like you said too really Struggling with their sleep patterns and and, oh. and depression of you know the isolation. I mean, there's so many so many different factors um, involved, and then so many differences, and then all of the added stress, which is the daily news. It's hard to keep up. I mean, the COVID is one thing, but it that's yeah. only one thing. Then you got your normal yeah. day-to-day stuff, and people are struggling financially, and then you mm-hmm. have the, the politics, and are we going to war? Mm. Oh my gosh, there's another pandemic potential. There's there's you know I the know. killer bees and this and the that and um, people's minds have a really hard time shutting down. And you know even a person in uh, late stage uh, dementia is still picking all that stuff up, and they're Absolutely. you know they're they're processing it. And you know I didn't. I didn't quite understand to what effect that kind of stuff had uh, until, you know, it happened with my mom and she, you know, broke out crying. I mean, just terrified one day and it was because the news was on and we were, this was back when mm. we were bombing Iraq and she thought that was yeah. outside the door you know, she didn't understand mm. where that was. She was terrified. And then as soon as the channel was changed, she mm-hmm. calmed right down. And so, right. you know, right. I, I think paying attention to those things we take for granted that are just background noises, um, you know, aren't always what they used to be uh, for people. Right. And, uh, and then you compound it with uh, lack of sleep. I mean, there's nothing worse than yeah. being exhausted and trying to function, you know. Cause right. If, if, right. If you're like most, and I think I am, you get a little cranky, you get a little short. Um, you know, you're you're not even tempered, you know, when you're when you're tired, um, and you don't even know it a lot of times, because right, you're just right. going through the steps. So, um, right, you know, right, because you're
1: overtired, so you've got the energy, and you're thinking, well, I can't be tired. This can't be because I'm tired. This must be yeah. of something else. But the reality, you're you're overtired, and and your body's screaming for you to pay back the sleep debt that you've created because you were on, you know. Fox News or CNN all night long <laughs> looking at you know what's, what's coming down the pipeline tomorrow yep. yeah
0: yeah've yeah, got something
1: I, I, I wonder you know have you talked to caregivers and, and what, is, what is your experience I'm curious what you're hearing you know two things one is how much news is enough news for us as caregivers where you like you're saying where it becomes where it gets to a point where it's starting to affect our own moods.
2: Like you said, if we have
1: Fox News on or Channel 5 on all the time, what is that doing for us, obviously? And like you just said, what kind of environment, just from an auditory perspective, the fear that we're creating and the people that we're caring for, if that's on all the time?
0: I would say the majority of full-time caregivers, which typically is primarily spouses, tell me they listen minimally to the news. They just can't can't deal with it. it. It's... If they have realized that that is a, a factor that's pushing them over the edge and ah, stressing them God. out, and it's something again that they can't control. And so they've mm-hmm. learned that if I can't control it, um, you know, if I can't make a difference with it, um, I don't have to listen to it because it's going to be there no matter no matter what. But I, but I don't have to make it a part of my everyday life. You no, know, yeah. my plate's full enough. And so I, I found that pretty fascinating. But that is, I bet, 90% of the people I've talked mm-hmm. to. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. a really high percentage. But then I think of my friends; they're kind of in the same boat. And maybe they're not caring for somebody with dementia, or caring for anyone at all. They're, you know, a married couple, and and they might even be empty nesters. And you know they struggle they struggle with it because of the intensity of the fast pace the changing of things i mean you can't even there's so much news you can't um you can't even keep it in your brain you know and and no. something that happened three months ago feels like it was ten years ago right right mm-hmm. right
1: it does it does there was something I was talking to my husband about um oh we were on a walk one day and we were just it happened to come up how uh, there was it was only a couple months ago that Kobe Bryant died and mm-hmm. as we're walking and our my kids we all went on a walk so there were five of us and everyone kind of stopped on the track and they were like wait that was this year that yeah. feels like that was three years ago and it's amazing how, how that concept of time because of what we've been going through for the last five months you're right what happened in January and February feels like it's been eons ago yeah and, and yeah and what's
0: compl- happened, like, with- with the George Floyd piece, people yeah. are like, so much change has taken place, and that has traveled around the world. And, and again, you know, pretty much everyone acknowledges it wasn't just George. He was the tipping point. You know, he was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. It was so clear and documented. And, um, you know, people just, or the Me Too. Um, I mean, there have yeah. been so, so many things in less than a yeah. year that have happened it happened at lightning speed with yes. things. Um, just, yes. It's crazy. Yes. Um, but the it good is. thing with, with all of it is crazy as the world seems is there's is a lot of good things with people coming together, um, people simplifying mm-hmm. things and um, yeah. ha- having more appreciation for family and friends and not mm-hmm. taking them so lightly, you know, um they're missed. Uh I've heard more and more people are, are sending cards and um just to friends. You know, they're zooming, they're using the phone, um, they're getting together in the driveways, you know, uh-huh. social distancing. There's I mean, there's so many different ways for us to still continue to connect and be social. And so it's you know, it's really not about self isolation, but it's about Social distancing and how are we, how are we going to work with all of that and uh, yeah. and stay calm. But I, I'm so glad you brought up the sleep stuff. And again, it, that is the power of of when quiz. Um, yeah, and you can also look
1: up. You can also just Google um, morning, and then a space and then the word eveningness, evening, and then N E S S. And there'll be some different quizzes that pop on that too. And that one also gives you very similar information in regards to how your personal circadian rhythm is set up, how you personally, yeah. And it's much more based in nature than it is in nurture. It was typically something we're born with.
2: You you Mm -hmm.
1: probably were always a morning person or you probably were always a night person. And it was typically how you were raised. Sometimes you, you had to be forced to not like, like kids in high school, you know, a lot of them Mm -hmm. fall into that wolf pattern for a while because um, we, we, we wake them. Well, they fall they become like this wolf, but then we make them wake up really, really early to go to school. So we kind of go against their own nature, which is really difficult. But, but knowing that I think it's just empowering caregivers or anybody with more and more information about, who you are as an individual, and, and I think that helps build compassion then, too, for yourself and for anybody, whether you're living with family or taking care of family, um, just having that compassion about, you know, this is how you're, this is how you're wired, and this is, so yeah. now, we, now we know this, now we can work with this,
0: yeah. versus just
1: going at it blindly and then getting frustrated and making up stories and being judgmental. Which never helps yep. anybody, especially when we're all sheltering in the same space together.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I can't believe our hours almost up. Uh, it goes by so quickly. Um, Kathy, <laughs> what is the best way for people to reach you?
1: Okay, so now you've exposed my weakness. So the website is currently <laughs> under <laughs> the website's currently under construction. And I say that because it's the nicest way to say I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. Okay, so um, when my 14-year-old gets back from mowing the neighbor's lawn today, one of the things he's supposed to do is help mommy sit down and figure this out. So it's currently under construction. But when the website is up, which is hopefully within the next week, it is silverdauntraining.com. Okay, but until
0: silver, then. and com. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. And until then. You can always send me an email at silverdawn dot net at gmail dot com.
0: Okay, Silverdawn, say that again.
1: Dot net, N E T
0: at
1: Gmail dot com. And oh, then my my number. Mm-hmm. And then my number is two one nine six four nine.
0: 219649 1732 1732 Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, Kathy, it's always so fun to have you on the show with me. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to co-host with me today, and it was nice to hear uh, from Joe uh, regarding the Montessori program, and again, you yes. can go to Monarch-Pathways.com, and then go to the events section on that website and register for Dr. Camp's uh, programs, which will be uh, Tuesday um, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and then also Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And you'll get more information when you go to that registration page. So, um, thank you again. Um, So. So much fun always talking with you, Kathy. Thank you. You too. I really appreciate it. Great. Um, And for our listeners, I want to thank you. You can uh, get more information about Alzheimer's Speaks by just going to alzheimerspeaks.com. We're way more than a radio show. Uh, We do uh, speaking and training and consulting as well. Uh, We also have um, some videos that are called dementia chats, and those are educational Videos where I facilitate a conversation with people with dementia, and they have amazing things to teach us uh, and tell us about how how they want to be treated and what kind of services mm. they'd like to have and how they worry about their care partners and uh, We also have dementia quick tips, which are things I wish somebody would have told me when I <laughs> stepped in the puddle of dementia with my mom you know thirty six years ago. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're always looking at trying to do new, um, new uh, collaborations and so forth. So if you've got an idea, you know, give me, me a jingle or reach out. Again, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a blessed week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye now.